Hello and welcome. You are listening to Live In, Live Viva Voce. My name is Adam. My name is Meg. And my name is B. And we're back for episode two. How <laughs> exciting. I'm I'm loving this. I'm loving this new format. I'm loving that we've got someone with us. I'm loving that we've got the lovely B. Rich, who is uh, just Yay. like this wonderful scientist that uh, we actually have the privilege of knowing. Uh, lots of experience at the ESA, obviously. Um, so I'm, I'm actually really excited for this. Um, and I'm excited that we're doing episode two, which means that we actually made it through episode one. Yay! Woo! Um, anyway, um, so you know the new format by now. The new format is quite simple. Uh, we... Uh, Get given a topic, we have about 20 minutes to research it, both myself, my partner Meg, um, and our guest, uh, B this week. Um, after those 20 minutes, we have to come and we have to give a seven and a half minute presentation. Can be less, can't be more. Um, and that presentation basically is our defense of our viva. And then at the very end, we vote and decide who gave the best defense this week. Now, uh, this is a new format. This is a little bit more sporadic, a little bit more chaotic. And I think that's actually really sort of added to this format. So without any further ado, I think we should now hear from our supervisor this week, who is Aubrey, who will be telling us what we are researching. Hello and welcome. I am your supervisor, Dr. Aubrey McBones, head of the Department of Always Hitting Your Funny Bone at the Jack Skellington University. Unfortunately, due to Meg and Adam stubbing their toes way too many times, we've had to shorten the length of our academic program, so our candidates will have one hour to complete their research. Today's topic, should we continue to bury human bodies? We are running out of room in cemeteries and running out of land for planned cemeteries. Is burying the bodies the best way, or should we look for alternative forms of atonement or disposal of the deceased? To help them structure their work, we've given them 20 minutes to do their research and seven and a half minutes to present. Without further ado, your time starts now. All right, well, with that, let us get going with our research, guys. So I have put 20 minutes on the clock, and it starts now. Okay, so. Nice. Should we still bury dead bodies or human bodies whatever um mm. what a morbid uh prompt in contrast with last week's uh, <laughs> very adorable uh <laughs> reddit and chora driven uh, <laughs> research i feel i feel like this prompt i feel like this prompt suggests that there's many alternatives right because like yeah. we can't exactly just start blasting bodies into space so it's basically stick them in the ground or burn them <laughs> Well, I mean, could you, can't you blast them into space? As a space scientist, I feel like I have to defend that point. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hmm, I don't know, I feel like there's an angle there. I'm sorry, what you're saying is, is that with all of the clutter and all of the shit that Elon Musk has put into space, Mm. you want more stuff floating around? Yeah, this is completely true. And red and fleshy. No. Well, okay, no, but, but that's not the question true. Then is... Yeah, because wait, space is so fucking cold, and there's no oxygen. So would decomposition take place? Yeah, it would. I don't know exactly how that works with biology, but I feel like it would preserve it better. <laughs> what? But you don't want to preserve dead bodies. Well, that's not a good yeah, thing. this is true. This is true. I don't know if we want because because. Is it like a person dies and then immediately we have to like chuck them in a cannon and then blast them off? Like, it's like, say your goodbyes to grandma. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's go. Could you, could you imagine an alien race visiting us? They could, they'd be like, so what do they do if they're dead? Oh, they float them in orbit around the planet. And just there's millions of them just floating in orbit around the planet. It's actually kind of morbid when you think about it. You imagine oh like gosh. an alien spaceship turning up. They're like, huh, should we visit this planet? No, man, they float their dead around the planet. It's the equivalent planet. of like, like having... It's equivalent of having heads on spikes outside of your castle. Wait, you know? wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it's a warning. Maybe, B, you can tell us this. Does that mean that in, like, X amount of years, we'll have rings like Saturn or Uranus? 
but it's just corpses? That's so metal. <laughs> uh, I mean, if we stop How watching, do you think... maybe? Yeah, B, can you How confirm you or deny? Jupiter or Saturn got its rings, whichever one is the one yeah. that has rings. Uh, it's definitely Saturn. But yeah, that raises a lot of questions. I think you're onto something there. I think if a probe went to, to Saturn, landed on one of the uh, the meteors in orbit, they'd find that actually at the core of it, it's just an alien skeleton. Or, yeah. even scarier, a human skeleton. By the way, as we're doing our research, I should ask, what are we all drinking? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm I'm just churning through gin selections now. So last week I was drinking Spirit of York. This week I'm now actually drinking Bombay Sapphire. Um, so it really just is like you know junipers and and, and various other like 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 gin like fruits. That's the only fruit that I know that goes into a, into gin. Oh my god, what's wrong with me? I'm so drunk. <laughs> B, what are you drinking? Help me. <laughs> um, well, I, uh, as as I mentioned last time, my the alcohol selection in this household is a bit erratic uh, because we're not big drinkers. Um, so I delved in the cupboard. I finished the cider from last time and I found some palinka, which is a uh, Hungarian spirit that my brother gifted the family when he visited Budapest. Uh, he gifted it to us several years ago i think um so yeah that's what i'm drinking <laughs> i actually i I've, i love palinka uh, one of our one of the romanian students at, at king's actually brings in in palinka quite a lot so I, i've had, i've had quite a lot of palinka do you then drink it in the office or do you <laughs> oh actually yes we do or nice. we did um we used to have a game night every friday night and we used to sit around and play board games and drink uh <laughs> literally at the like kitchen table in the office oh that's so nice wow simpler times (laughs) simpler times pre-pandemic times Mm i i am drinking um ooh, i am actually finishing up some red wine and then i'm turning to this apparently romanian amber wine blend i don't know what it is but i picked it up at the um wine shop near me um, it is uh, quite nice. I, I think, like, I've been trying Ooh. to get into, like, orange wines and, like, amber wines a lot more because, I don't know, like, the color is just so mesmerizing to me. I, I think it's so beautiful. Um, oh, my gosh. I didn't I know say, that that was I a ha- thing that existed, actually. Yes, orange wine is is delicious. Um, can I just say, guys, I already know exactly what my topic is going to be on. <laughs> so if any of y'all copy me... <laughs> Oh my god, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I also know what mine's going to be. Oh on, my gosh. Like be imagine if we did the same. <laughs> no, but I actually don't really want to discuss it because I think it's so bizarre. So I want there to be like a degree of surprise. <laughs> okay. And I think even if I were to say one word, it like well, the magic yeah. would be gone, you know? Which I guess leaves us, Adam. Adam, okay, you are carrying okay. the next thirteen minutes. Um. <laughs> um, I haven't entirely decided what I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna talk about, but I think I'm gonna go for um, an ardent environmentalist bend because, Ooh. as a computer scientist, I'm in. I'm, I'm probably the best positioned to uh, talk about the environmental impact of other people's actions. <laughs> you and your NFTs. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you don't know and your NFTs that, and, and your cryptocurrency. That, that, was actually, that was a pretty strong ta- attack. That was a pretty strong attack. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to your, your, go in so hard. Your, your Bitcoin's burning the Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> I... I love that within one episode, everyone's gone to, like, holding their cards close. <laughs> yeah. No, but mine is so powerful. And also, can I just say, um, it, obviously, it does have to do with cemeteries because I think, like, the prompt is, you know, like, it kind of leads us towards that. Um, I've actually been here before. So, wah, wah, there it is. 
If I Google best ways to dispose of the bo- of a body, do you think that like I'll get a knock on the door tomorrow? Yes. Mm. It depends what else you've been googling recently. Yeah. And your Amazon orders, of course. Like if there's like duct tape or like zip ties mm. or like bleach, it's like oh shoot, God. like it's like was he I bullied knew in I school? I should have bought that bleach last week. Is his mom still alive? And, oh, yeah, you're right. Cable ties as well. Yeah. Jeez, why did I buy cable ties <laughs> and bleach? On the same order as well. <laughs> and I used Meg's card, so she's complicit. Oh, man. Yeah. God, this is really hard to do in, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, I feel like I was enjoying the chat we had earlier as well, and that burned into a okay. lot Okay, uh, <laughs> 10 minutes time. left, by the way. We are halfway through. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much this uh, of this bit that Adam is going to cut, but it's literally going to just be me occasionally like grunting and making like an emphatic noise. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. It's not about Owen Wilson. Oh, my God. Uh, I actually, can I just say, I love those TikToks at the moment. The ones that are like, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, I that's my that might be my favorite TikTok at the moment. That said, I have been ragging on TikTok a lot. You have been ragging on TikTok. I like to. I'm glad to hear that you are uh, fans of TikTok. Well, I don't know if fans is the right word, but users. I'm 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 popular on TikTok. I'm number one on the Ribena hashtag. I'll have. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, I haven't checked your TikTok recently, so that has got me intrigued. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm number one or number two. If you if you look up hashtag Ribena, I'm number one or number two. I, I, I only have questions about this, but I feel now is not the time. <laughs> did you guys say that you were going for a religious bend? No. I did not. <laughs> Are you? No, Adam, neither of us no, said that. I, I'm, <laughs> any of those words I thought you said something I thought you said something about religious bend I'm not going for religious bend either I've just got something religious in my oh my gosh with that I am done who's going first this time can I go first wow you're so efficient I you know what though when you're given the right prompt inspiration just comes to you doesn't it <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> I not gonna lie, I think I'm ready too. I've got about an A4 page worth of content, so I'm just gonna like Damn. I will bring it Wing from it. there because I did it on half I did it on half an A4 page last time. Damn, B, how does it feel? How does it feel to be left behind <laughs> in the dust? <laughs> <laughs> how could you do this to me? You have to be nice to hey, me, right? <laughs> we're we're professionals. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You, you do have the experience. Yeah. B, you had to have recorded 27 episodes for one podcast and eight episodes for another um, reality TV recap <laughs> show to have really, like, not, mm. like, known what it means to be a podcast professional. <laughs> that is... You know what? I can't argue with that at all. Um. Oh, my God. Yeah. We should, you know, what we should watch. We should, we should watch Love Island Australia. Uh, no, I have already settled for one Love Island a year, and that's the British one. I will do no more, no less. The doctor recommended maximum. <laughs> yes. No, but did you did you did you hear that on Love Island Australia they've reversed the roles for Cassa and Moore this year? So the girls are the one that fled to the villa this year, as opposed to the guys. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because I'm, they're still meeting new boys and girls. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I do like the gender reversal of, like, the lads' holiday and, like, mm. you know, all that. Also, yeah. apparently, the Casa Amor girls and the OG girls got to see each other before Casa Amor started. Wow. Well, B, you have two <laughs> yeah. minutes left. Um... Do I? Well, that's a lot of time. I think I'm nearly done as and well. We're, 
we're we're wasting it on on no, the you live keep, talk. You All of this is going to be this is, this is a plug. This is gonna be, yeah, yeah. This is a this is a plug this, for our <laughs> podcast, <laughs> our other our sister podcast, Love Island. Love you. Has anyone actually ever finished a PhD early? I know, right? My God. I feel like that's what we've done. That was that's a mistake. That was yeah. a, this was a mistake. B's gonna B's gonna come out of the gate swinging now because we've we've just whacked one out. <laughs> I think uh, what I've done with this prompt is I found a topic that I'm just really interested in and I've answered uh, my own question and I don't think I've really answered the question. So You know uh, what? Me but too. I'm having but a really nice isn't time. that the beauty? <laughs> I think that is... But, but isn't that yeah. what a PhD is, right? <laughs> like it's submitting a prospectus, submitting your own questions and then mm, deviating true. from your own questions too. <laughs> so there you go. Some... Can I just actually say, I actually am impressed because I think I've actually stayed on topic. Wow. Oh, which okay. is incredible. There's a slight tinge on my topic, but I think I've stayed on to the main goal here. Um, so I'm actually I'm actually quite proud, and I think I deserve brownie points. For no, not I don't think you do. Absolutely not. We'll decide when we hear it. What the heck? Yeah. You can have half a brownie point yeah. for now. <laughs> I don't a know. Provi- a, a provisional brownie. Yeah, point. I'm not sure what the exchange rate is these days, uh, but there you go, half a brownie I think, point. I think at one one brownie point is like like half a bitcoin. Right? <laughs> is that right? Yeah, I think I'm I'm done mostly. Three, uh, two, again, I... one. All right, that's it. That's done. That's 20 minutes. That's 20 minutes. Whoa, whoa. All right. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, shoot. I forgot to wow, give my title. You actually timed us. I oh, was just... crap. Oh, me too. Uh, well, no, I'll, I'll wing well, it. Don't I've, even I've worry. I've got a Don't title because I always start on the title because it's <laughs> no, I cause it's you start on your title. <laughs> I don't think that's how essays should be. I'm going to start with a really nice sounding title like, and then go like from there. All, like all good... <laughs> like all good academics, I allow the title to guide my research. Okay, um, do you want to rock, paper, scissors, who's going first? No, <laughs> no, 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 because didn't I vol... Wait, but didn't I volunteer? Mm. <gasps> Katniss Everdeen. Right, um, yeah. Okay, well. I'm, I'm holding three fingers up in the air. Right <laughs> Stop <now>. it! No! <laughs> I'm Spartacus. <laughs> okay, who's gonna tie me? Who's gonna tie me? Oh my gosh. I'll time you. I'll All time right, you, you let me know when then, okay? <laughs> okay, um. Okay, on three, two, one, go. Hi everyone, my name is Meg. <laughs> I, I want to begin all of our talks <laughs> like. <laughs> okay, so the question, right, that the kind of. Pro- <laughs> And today for class, I'll be presenting. Okay. But like, so the question this week is, (laughs) should we be burying um, bodies? So up front, I will just say, I will not be answering this question. (laughs) But I did use it as a jumping off point to discuss. Um, Well, I'll begin by talking a little bit about the uh, cemeteries of New Orleans. So I've actually been and... um, if, if you know anything about kind of New Orleans, you will know that they are famous for these um, huge plots of land with these very, 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 very densely concentrated um, mausoleums that almost look like little houses, right? With a little like triangle roof and a kind of a square rectangle body. And um, in even downtown um, New Orleans, kind of like the French Quarter, um, that area, um, there are these like really, really uh, densely uh, packed uh, places where 
families are buried. And how it works is that you have um, one mausoleum and that actually houses um, an entire family, for instance. So when someone dies, um, their body is cremated and then um, broken up into a kind of a powder and then they are put into um, the mausoleum. And when the mausoleum inevitably runs out of room, then the older ancestors, um, their um, remains are, are taken out. So that's the kind of tradition of New Orleans. And of course, you know, New Orleans is this really um, uh, kind of older part of um, settled and colonized um, America. Uh, it has a lot of French roots, a lot of Spanish roots, a lot of Haitian um, and West Indian roots. Um, and, and it's kind of generally noted for its spooky vibes, um, this kind of uh, really long and deep history with like ghosts and um, you know, zombies and other, other like just fun Halloween, uh, you know, vibes. Okay. But that's not really what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about one specific uh, mausoleum. And that is uh, the mausoleum found in the St. Louis Cemetery Number no. 1, uh, built in 2010, that of Nicolas Cage. So, listeners, I know what you are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I know what. <laughs> thinking is Nicolas Cage dead no 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 he's not dead at, at least when you're recording this it's podcast in, in 2021 um November the beginning of November he is not dead just yet right but um Nicolas Cage who is an academy award-winning um actor uh best known for his roles in Leaving Las Vegas Con Air Knowing uh National Treasure um he purchased two plots of land in St. Louis Cemetery number one. On one plot, he erected, uh, which is a horrible verb to be saying next to Nicolas Cage's name, um, a, uh, nine foot, <laughs> a nine foot tall alabaster white pyramid mausoleum. So listeners, remember what I said. The, the tradition, right, is families, right, from, from New Orleans, uh, the mausoleums are kind of house-shaped, right, like a triangle roof and a, and a you know, um, rectangular kind of body. No, Nicolas Cage's mausoleum to anticipate his death, I suppose, <laughs> is a nine-foot-tall, bright white marble uh, pyramid. And uh, on the pyramid, it doesn't say his name. No, it says Omnia Ab Uno, which is Latin for <laughs> everything from one, which is horrifying, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, so Nicolas Cage um, is actually is, known... Is Nicolas Cage known the second coming mm -hmm. of Jesus? Yeah, well, he's actually known really well for purchasing wacky um, bits of kind of land and constructing all sorts of crazy things around the world, um, but actually predominantly New Orleans. So um, I would say about 20 years ago now, um, he built... he bought the Delphine LaLaurie um, house in the French Quarter, which is reportedly one of the most haunted areas of New Orleans. Um, he did lose that house due to um, his uh, debt. Um, apparently he was living, uh, quote, beyond his means. Um, and I think for tax evasion as well. So there you go, he had to sell that house. But you know what he didn't have to sell? His mausoleum. So a lot of people wonder, um, <laughs> Why, why did Nicolas Cage, <laughs> before his death, purchase two plots of land, one of which he built a giant pyramid um, with the Latin phrase, everything? Even the government did want it. Exactly, yeah. Well, here's a couple of theories, okay? You know, one, uh, he is this very eccentric guy, known for purchasing strange things around the world. Um, two, his connections with the Illuminati, um, Allegedly, alleged connections. Um, and three, uh, this crazy, crazy headline that happened uh, last year uh, from People magazine. Um, Nicholas Cage visits his New Orleans tomb while holding hands with mysterious woman. Is that not the coolest 
headline you could ever have associated with yourself. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's what I call a great investment. Um, I think I think even to have built this anticipating uh, a cool headline like that is worth is worth being in uh, just millions of dollars of debt. Um, so there is uh, some controversy, obviously, surrounding um, Nicolas Cage's purchase. One, that obviously he's not from New Orleans, right? And um, he is taking up really valuable space uh, in these um, in these plots, in these cemeteries, which I think does relate to our supervisor's um, initial prompt. One minute. And, of course, um, he has also been accused mm. of... Uh, damaging and also removing other tombs in order to um, kind of build and cultivate his Bunch own. Um, and lastly, I'll end with a fun fact that apparently there's a tradition um, to kiss his tomb whenever you visit um, the cemetery. So there's tons of different like lipstick stains on his white pyramid. So take that for what you will. That's it. That's my presentation. I'm wrapping it up. Thank you. <laughs> Nick Cage, National wow. Treasure. Peace out. Boom. Wow. Oh my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> wow. Oof. I More than you could ever want to know about Nicholas Cage. Yeah, I, I actually just have one question. Yes. Uh, which is, do you happen to know what the going rate is for a plot of land and then a mausoleum in New Orleans? Oh my god. Can I just say, I am I mean, sure it uh, is so expensive. I'm guessing it's a lot. Yeah, and I think you probably have to even maybe pay like to like renew. Can you do you have to renew a lease if you're dead? I don't know. <laughs> that's morbid, but that like, hey, sorry. that's New Red Orleans real estate, baby. Did you say that did you say that he built in alabaster Italian marble? I have okay, it is alabaster did, and I think it's marble in? as well. I think it's marble. It's like glistening white. It's glistening white. Okay. Can I just say can I just say do you want to know that that marble actually cannot be purchased anymore? It's been completely mined to like extinction or the marble equivalent <laughs> of extinction. So that's a really expensive. Oh my tomb. gosh! Do like, you know what? Then I'm sure Nick wow. Cage has pillaged some poor artifacts in like freaking like Turkey or something <laughs> to build his giant ass pyramid. No, no. Do you want to? Do, do you want to know how alabastru? Italian marble became extinct. How? So it's been around for about like 500, 600 years when the Venetians first discovered it. But about 50 years ago, or or about 40 years ago, when, when China first started experiencing its economic boom, it bought all of the mines that mined alabaster marble because they love it in China. And they mined it within about 10 or 12 weeks of um, like buying these mines, like just completely wiped out all of the deposits of it. Wow. So all of the alabaster marble in existence is pretty much in China right now. I feel like we've really so learned like something. a really expensive and r- oh rare, rare resource. Oof, doof. Well, this is really go. marring the name of Nicolas Cage. And can I just say, I've seen National Treasure 1 and 2 more times than I care to admit. Yes, exactly. And this is making me quite upset. <laughs> and we will not, first of all, I cannot confirm or deny that it is alabaster Italian marble, so I will not be entertaining any of these questions anymore. And two, I agree, we will not be mirroring Nicolas Cage's <laughs> name for pure speculation. A question and period session, like question and answer period is done. Yeah. Does does Nicolas Cage not deserve an alabaster marble? <laughs> does he not deserve? That's the real question. All right. Well, has he not earned it? Anyway, who wants to go next? <laughs> yeah, we need to decide who's going to go next. Is it going to be me or is it going to be B? Well, uh, you you hinted that you've maybe actually answered the brief, Adam. Whereas I very much have not. So maybe we could end on a high note with you. Uh, if that's all right. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll go last. I'll go last. I'm down. I went first last time, so I should go last this time. Okay. Yeah, that seems fair. Um, okay. Well, uh, are you are you ready with a timer? Yeah, I think I, I can time. I'm I'm down to time. Um, I will count you in. Um, go in three, two, one, now. Okay. Hi everyone. Thanks for having me back. I am B. 
Um, <laughs> and um, my topic today uh, is uh, loosely inspired by the conversation uh, we had while we were researching this topic, and it is entitled um, "R.I.P. in Space: What Should Colonists Do for Their Extraterrestrial oh. Dead?" So. Wow. <laughs> So, um, a discussion was had, um, and it's, it's a common discussion about, uh, when we run out of space on Earth, uh, what do we do with our dead? Maybe we find space for it, and there is no more greater, larger space than space itself. Uh, and so shooting, uh, our dead into space is often discussed as a, almost a tongue-in-cheek, uh, option for how to solve this problem. But that got me thinking, uh, what happens when we die in space, in the service of a space mission? And so this is what I would like to discuss with you today. So for starters, I, um, I did some reading and I, I looked into um, a few interviews um, and there was one particular interview with uh, Commander Chris Hadfield um, where he said that NASA actually has no protocol for, or any sort of training for how to prepare for a dead body on the International Space Station or in a space mission. So um, just let that sink in, the, uh, the risks associated with being an astronaut and uh, being in space. And uh, NASA does not train or have any sort of uh, protocol that I could find or read about, um, about how to deal with this. Um, but he did mention that uh, other space agencies run simulations where they say, uh-oh, Chris is dead. What do we do? We're on the ISS. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Calling Major Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would like to say I am roughly quoting the article that I, I read. I am not... I have no malicious feelings towards... What this is a death know. threat to Chris Hadfield. What you don't know is that the NASA actually know <laughs> NASA actually know that if you die in space, you become a zombie, and that's why they don't have a plan. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so no, they do. They have had some uh, some sort of simulations where they they discuss what to deal with this problem it's just that nasa is has not provided any formal training on this so um he mentions in this interview uh all the options you have right you're you're in orbit around earth you're in a very cramped container and the iss like you're recirculating air so you got to deal with things like contamination smells uh so one solution is to just shove your uh, unfortunately deceased astronaut into a spacesuit and uh, jettison them to Earth. Uh, you can send them when uh, resupply missions uh, get sent to the ISS. When they are no longer needed, they just jettison them and they burn up in the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, so that is one option. Another option is a, uh, I think it was a Swedish company, invented a body back system I have written down, hmm. uh, which uses a process called promotion, where basically you freeze dry the body. So oh, what they would do boy. is they put the astronaut. <laughs> yep, yep, freeze dried. Um, <laughs> just like how you might freeze dry stuff on Earth with liquid nitrogen, they put the astronaut, um, or I should probably say corpse. I, I think it's a bit morbid to call them astronauts at this point. Uh, you put your... Um... What about astro-corpse? <laughs> you put your astro-corpse... <laughs> oh my god, no, stop, 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 stop. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Astro-not-n-o-t. I will... That's it. Wow. I should go into comedy. Astro-not. <laughs> yes. Astro-not. I really hope that no one from NASA hears this... <laughs> <laughs> but if they do it would be really tragic yeah. if someone like died on the ISS tomorrow or something <laughs> yeah, really, so really we really would not be able to release the age so poorly <laughs> that would be so bad um, but no it's essentially what they propose is you put you take the uh, robotic arm positioned outside the ISS 
you put the body on it in the bag and then slowly the bag will freeze dry in the atmosphere of space in the vacuum and the cold of space um and then you essentially vibrate the arm and the body is brittle enough that it just breaks into pieces uh and that way you can take your body it's in a freeze-dried state so it's in a stable state and you can uh condense condense it down into a suitcase sized lump which you then are able to store on the space station um And I'm quoting that from an article I read. Um, You heard it here first. Um, So those are the options if you happen to be in a space station orbiting the Earth. Uh, Those are the options. Uh, But um, what if you've already um, reached another planet, for example, Mars? Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) So Mars... (laughs) Sorry, we got distracted by the astronaut thing. Um, So when you're on Mars, you don't want to bury your bodies. Uh, if anything were to happen to one of your um, astronauts, you you can't risk contaminating another planet, right? That is rule number one, is you avoid contamination at all costs. So there's all sorts of problems with burying bodies. Um, but in a Martian situation where you're so far from Earth, there are perhaps three options. There's uh, ashes. You could use the ashes to help you uh, to then grow plants in your Martian farm. Um, another option where that might help you out is uh, organs. If if you are far away from Earth and you need medical attention and you are able to harvest working organs from an unfortunately deceased astronaut, that is an option. Um, and I I didn't tell you the subtitle of this, of this main article I researched from, but I will tell you now, should colonists on Mars be allowed to eat each other? Uh, i'm (laughs) so i'll leave you with that thought of um you know sustainable space exploration reduce reuse recycle um many options presented to us in the realm (laughs) of death in space (laughs) thank you yay that was so so good good. so many levels holy crap (laughs) well done well done i'm clapping i'm clapping Oh my god, that was first of all <laughs> I, deeply fascinating. Am I? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I learned so much. I was having such a nice time reading. I didn't know I, any of that before we started. <laughs> it was the description of breaking the body down into suitcase-sized like amounts. Yeah. Like <laughs> I took that verbatim from the article because it was just quite ridiculous. What a description. (laughs) Can you imagine carrying like a 200 pound man but in chunks in your suitcase? And B, when you said freeze dried, I could only think think of like freeze dried strawberries or raspberries and I was like, oh boy. (laughs) Yum yum. And it's just delicious astronaut cereal. Any fruit or veg to declare. Yes. Any no. fruit or veg to declare? No, just Chris Hadfield. <laughs> yeah, just my like no, first officer. No malice to Chris Hadfield. Uh, I am oh. a big fan of his, and uh, I wish him a long and happy life. Uh, but, and to all astronauts, I hope this never has to come. <laughs> to all astronauts, if it did, it's very really yes. so. I know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. I well, love the Adam, bit about like have... oh, we'll just mm-hmm. like we'll store them. And use them for organs as well. <laughs> yeah, admittedly, I, I think I could have explained that better, but I was panicking. Um, but yes. Also, my apologies to the supervisor for not actually answering the question, for just going off on a tangent. But yeah. um... don't, don't worry, Aubrey, don't worry. I'm here to save the day. I know yeah. your students are a disappointment to you. <laughs> so here I come. Um, Meg, I will, are you ready I will, to start timing? I will time, I will time, I will time. All right. Okay. Whenever you are ready in three, two, one. Hello, my name is Adam Green, and uh, my talk is entitled Don't Bury Your Bodies, You Wasteful Heathens. (laughs) Um, So I should mention, and, and, and... I realise perhaps the stereotypes that's occurring here, but a couple of years ago I went vegetarian and um, 
This was largely because uh, my partner's vegetarian, but also because actually, you know, vegetarianism is is broadly speaking better for the planet. Now that's something that I'm sure that there were plenty of people that could tenuously argue with, but generally speaking, you know, reducing your meat consumption all that is, is better ecologically speaking. Um, my talk here is about um, environmentalism, and the reason I think this is appropriate for the kind of time of year it is because um, as we're recording this, COP26 is currently happening. Um, so I want to talk about, you know, the environmental impact of uh, getting rid of bodies and how we dispose of our dead. Um, and I'm going to start um, with um, perhaps probably what people think is probably the more ecologically friendly of the body disposal methods we have available. Now, when you think about body disposal, you probably don't think of burying as the most ecologically friendly. You probably think of cremation right but here's the rub cremation actually releases 400 kilograms of co2 into the atmosphere per body now i think this is actually really interesting and i do really think this is interesting i i mean this sincerely because think about the average man or the average woman right so i i weigh about 200 pounds right which is 90 kilograms he says confidently <laughs> i know meg is 120 odd pounds which is like 60 wow. kilograms right Thanks. so i don't know like <laughs> i don't know it's okay. like 90 95 kilograms right <laughs> no but but blasting the average body is taking <laughs> is ta no but if the average if the average body is taking 400 kilograms right that's substantially more than either the average male body weight or the average female body weight in terms of co2 release so it's not just your car it's not just the carbon that makes up your body that's being released in cremation right it's all of the energy that's required to heat that up that's being consumed in order to actually you know cremate that uh, cremate your body right um so consequently let's go back to casket burials. let's go back to the classic way that in western society um you know particularly in christian and like protestant and catholic societies uh body uh body disposal occurs right which is casket burials right so apparently in the u.s this uses and i this is mind-blowing to me a hundred thousand tons of steel and 1.5 million tons of concrete every what? single year. Wow. Every year. That's insane. 100, that's an insane amount of steel and an insane amount of concrete used annually to dispose of America's yeah, dead. Yeah, in right? one country. So um, in, in the UK, the average death uh, rate yearly is about 500,000. Timesing this up to the US, you're looking at around two, two and a half million dead a year, right? That's just natural causes, illness, you know, essentially just the death of a year's worth of people, right, on average, right? Um, the numbers obviously fluctuate. COVID doesn't particularly help because obviously it has helped, it has increased the death rate, but generally it's around 2.5 million odd people a year dying. Right. Um, in addition to this, seventy-seven thousand trees and four point three million gallons of embalming fluid are used each year in the U.S. Imagine that: four point three million gallons of embalming fluid, and 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 this is actually where the real wastefulness comes from 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 burying bodies, right? Because embalming fluid is entirely designed to preserve a corpse for as long as possible right designed to not allow it to be broken down not allow it to be like consumed by animals or mushroom or or various other sort of growths that would develop or or or, or apply to a body that are designed to help break it down right so i wanted to talk about some sustainable ways to dispose of yourself once you finally um, shuffle off of this mortal coil, shall we say. <laughs> and 
I think my fir- my first one has to be absolutely my favourite one. Mushroom burial soups. Oh, so nice. A a company called Coelho. Uh, I'm not pronouncing that right, probably, but it's it's spelled C O E I O. Has developed this burial soup made almost entirely of mushrooms, which is kind of like a black black shroud. And it's been lined with these special mushroom spores that are designed to be worn after a person died. And the mushrooms are specifically trained to devour human tissue, to consume human tissue, which they obviously do. And, and, and then they recycle our bodies um, rather than obviously like the carbon that would be released from our burial. Right. So, you know, these mushrooms essentially just eat us. Right. Um I love this idea. I think this is awesome, right? Like, not only are you going to not minute, release really. CO2, but you're going to make a great ling- you're going to make a great linguine, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> the second one is a body farm. So, in the early 1970s, an anthropologist named William Bass. Uh, was interested in studying how bodies decompose naturally, so without being buried or without human intervention in their burying process. And he accomplished this by using cadavers, uh, which he placed on, quote-unquote, a farm in a wide array of sort of different decomposition scenarios. Um, some of his bodies were placed in swamps, some of them were placed in grass, some of them were placed in the sun, some of them were even placed in trash. Um, and they were eaten by crows and maggots and vultures. And actually, you know, nowadays it is actually possible to volunteer to be part of a body farm and essentially be consumed by um, various other, like, creatures and stuff. Okay, so Buddhists practice a method called sky burial, which is where vultures are used to consume your body after you're dead in places like Tibet and various other locations where vulture population is very high. The idea is is that your um, nutrients and your your like life is released back into um, the food chain, and simultaneously it means that your body is released released from like the temporal plane and from like the like physical plane much easily much more easily without any kind of spiritual baggage which i think is really interesting time's up time's up and that concludes my talk yeah time (laughs) that's it all right well that was really really good i think all three presentations this week like were were quite compelling yeah I think uh, oh, there you go. I learned you, so much just in this. I know. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I mean... packed so many facts into that talk. Oh. That was uh, impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like mine mine was like the pop culture zinger. Bees was like the cool, like sci-fi, like, you know, truly <laughs> out of this world kind of uh, angle. And then Adam had like the stats. Um I can do serious and research. survey of like different cultural practices. Like I think more or less we hit we hit every nail on the head, frankly. It's um, like okay, we said I last mean, week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like we said yeah, last week. Exactly. We are together three uh, <laughs> researchers in a trench coat making it one good research. Exactly. <laughs> with all the angles. One professor. One tenured professor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> I think what we should do is let's vote and then I guess we'll just sign off. I mean, who are you guys going to vote for? I, I have I have my person uh, in mind. I think I know who I'm going to vote for. It's a really Meg, why don't you go first? Um, I know. All right. I think both of you did such an excellent job, but I will I will vote for B once again because I just think the the, the content was so fascinating. I think it was presented in a funny way. Um, and I was just, I was hooked for all seven and a half minutes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, I, this is really tough because, uh, both were absolutely delightful to listen to. Um, I think, although the sort of payoff 
in your talk, Meg, was just fantastic um, <laughs> and very shocking and memorable. I think, you know, Adam really delivered with the facts this week. So I'm, I'm going to um, vote for Adam. I'd love to vote for myself and win this thing, but there you go. Um, <laughs> what I, the heck? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I did really love your talk, Meg. I love I loved listening to like Nicolas Cage um, is like insane investments. It's like listening to like how Johnny Depp invested like 30 grand a month in wine or something, right? Like Nicolas Cage, <laughs> you can't not love him. It's like just like insane, like too rich for like, like just sense, right? Um, but I've got to admit that the space one just had me gripped from beginning to end. And I'm not going to lie, it almost made me lie about the time remaining because I was just like, I want to hear more of this content. Um, so I think I've got to go for B, which means that you're going to go two for two. Um, oh on, my gosh. On two, I know. Which, oh my gosh. We've got to up our game. We've got to up it because this is. I know good. clearly. We are we are oh, getting wiped this is not by good. a guest. I know. Hey, I'm and I'm not oh kidding when I said patronizing way. Like literally, we are being wiped by a guest. Yeah, this is very good content. Oof a doof. Hey, I am your biggest fan, uh, as oh, you confirmed. Boy. So uh, I really, I really have to live up to this, you know. There's a lot of pressure, um, but thank you. You are very, very kind. And uh, this was a lovely, morbid topic. I think. Yeah, grim, 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 grim. Okay, yeah. shall we wrap up? Um, yes. So if you enjoyed this episode, please check out our um, social media: uh, Twitter at LiveInViva, um, L I V I N V I V A, or our Facebook page Live and Love You Viva Voce. Um, and yeah, please on your podcast um, streaming services, you know, give us a like, leave us a review, sh- recommend it with your friends, your family, people you don't know, um, and just get our get our content out there. We really enjoy making these for you, so it's nice um, to know if people have been, you know, downloading and listening and enjoying. Print, print out flyers with those little tear-away tabs that are like, are just a link to our podcast, I like know. a little QR code. On. Staple them on your local neighborhood so people are like, oh, I could get French lessons. Oh, no way, it's just an advert for a podcast. But you learn lots on the podcast, and that's better than French Exactly. Lessons. There you go. Yeah. This has been Living La Viva Voce. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. B will be back next week. Aubrey will be back next week. And Yay. you'll have another yeah. awesome episode waiting for you in a week's time. I've been Adam. I've been Meg. And I've been B. Bye. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. Thank you.